and it really goes out. And, and, and my heart and my mind, a desire goes out for others. And it really solidifies the love that we should have. Hey, Pantry fam. Are you looking for more faith-based podcasts, but you don't know where to go? The Access More Podcast Network has over 40 shows on topics like faith, culture, family, and entertainment, and offers a safe space to discover inspiring conversations. So if you're a fan of this show, you're going to find encouragement, hope, and joy from other podcasts on Access More. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hey, welcome to the Pantry Podcast, where we serve up Jesus, not junk food. And this is season 11, where we're talking about breaks and builds. What's going on with the church? What's breaking it down? What's building it up? And what do we need to do to make sure that it is its healthiest? Man, and tonight we're going to talk about thoughts on prayer. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes people sit there and they say, why do I pray? If it's God's will, His will, all the will, like He knows everything, He's doing everything, He's in control of everything. Well, why do I need to pray? And that question is some people sometimes I ask. I've asked it many times. Because, you know, like sometimes I even struggle to pray really, like, detailed prayers. Because I'm like, who am I to know what's best? You know what's best, God. So, like, I'm just going to pray, like, be in this, work in this situation. Like, me, the more details I add... Doesn't that just mean the more likely I am to mess it up? Like how I act. Like, so you just, I trust you, God. But then sometimes he puts something on my heart, like really specific. And so, right. you know, it's, it's one of those, we know enough that we know we're supposed to do it and right. that it's beneficial. But then it, there's also enough mystery to it that we're not meant to understand right now. And so I, it's cool. Absolutely. And, and then we take that a step farther. Since we are on breaks and bills, we're talking about the church. We're not talking <laughs> about individual prayer. Look, it's already hard enough to pray individually. <laughs> then yes. you start talking about corporate prayer. You start talking about uh, praying in the body of Christ. Uh, but we do come to a conclusion and we see this in a lot of things that prayer is very important. Um, we need to be in prayer. There's a lot of things that would create that. You know, why do we pray? Uh, why, why do we pray? God, God calls us to pray, right. right? I think that that, I think that's the simplest answer is God wants us to. Now that isn't the most satisfactory answer. Cause you're like, well, why does he want to like, what's the, I want to appreciate the depth of that. You know, what does that actually mean? It's opening your communication with him. It's allowing, it's, it's consenting to him being involved in the situation. And it's a different, you're in a different stance or a different posture when you're praying because you're, you're seeding ground to him. You're reminding yourself and, you know, on the spiritual end, to some degree, we all agree that we're opening up something that allows him who prefers not to force hands mm. and not to remove free will. We're, we're letting him in. We're ushering in his involvement into, into the situation. All right. I, I like that actually. Cause you know, why do we pray? Well, me, the process of biting, it's abiding in him. Yes. Like, like that is like one of those things. It's like, okay, you open the word of God and you see everywhere. They pray. He prayed. She prayed. It's literally the, group the way prayed. you talk to right. God. <laughs> right. You know, Acts chapter two, they, they came together. They're breaking bread together. They're eating together. And they're praying together. Right. And so when we look at this and we start getting into it, and then if you want to take it even a step farther, well, okay, we don't fight flesh and blood, but we fight the principalities, right? So when we start thinking of prayer, we start thinking of this battleground. Mm -hmm. And okay, cool. You need to be individually praying. You need to pray in your closet. I mean, there's, there's all of these different ideas throughout the Bible and people are like, well, I don't, I don't want to pray out loud. Okay. Maybe you're not called to pray out loud. 
but we should still be standing in agreement. Mm-hmm. Agreement, excuse me. Agreement. Agreement sounds good. Agreement. I don't know. Is it even I know. Word? You're really good at making up words. <laughs> I'm making up some words, okay. y'all. But uh, we need to stand in agreement, though, in prayer. Um, I, I would love to see churches in our area mm-hmm. come together. Okay, okay, we're not sitting there trying to bust everyone's theology, but there's a lot of things to pray for in our area. Yeah. And imagine if churches would come together, stand together in corporate prayer over certain things. So God wants this area to be evangelized. I mean, that's, that is a calling, right? right? We know that that is not outside of God's will. Yeah. So to align our hearts to his will, sometimes it takes us to sit there and speak these words. Lord, help us to evangelize this area. Lord, help the hearts and minds of this area to soften, to go from hardened hearts to soft hearts, right? Or hearts of flesh to be more specific. And if we're doing this, then we're standing together on the principles of his word of God. But John 15, seven says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But I love those words, abide in me. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's not like, I love your, your terminology, genie in a bottle. You know, it's yeah. like, we don't go to church and, and pray of genies in a bottle. But watch this. God heals. Right. We can pray for healing. Yeah. God delivers. We can pray for deliverance. Mm-hmm. There's all of these things that God does and all the attributes right. that God, God has right. that bring us into this corporate prayer. It's not about... You get to ask whatever. This isn't an exploitive, manipulative part of the Bible that gives you the loophole to ask for whatever you want, because whatever you want may not align with the will of God. It also may not be godly in itself, because none of us could claim that we have 24-7 pure, perfectly aligned thoughts with the Lord. So there are areas in each of us, and they differ between people, where you want things still that are not best. And so rather than pick your brain apart, trying to isolate and and remove those things, that's one of the things that happens in a relationship with God. But when you are abiding in him and you are walking with him and you are in that moment, you know, aligned with what he what he wants, the things that you pray for will align with his word. They Mm -hmm. won't contradict his word. They won't go against it. And those are the kinds of things that he says you know, in this beautiful way that those things will be done for you, that they've, they've already happened. Um, like he's already put things in place so that, that, and that's like one of the other mysteries about prayer is he, he's doing the thing before you even ask, but he's waiting for your ask before it reveals itself. And I think that that's one of those really cool things he does on his end to humor the limited timeline way humans operate. Because he operates outside of time, so he doesn't have to do that. But for our sake and the way we make sense of reality, he does that for us. And the unity that comes when you pray together is one of the most important things. I think a church's health will definitely improve when the people in the church are actually praying. But when the church starts praying together, Mm. which seems to be less common, when the church starts praying together, it's next level stuff. And why? I like what you said about different churches coming together to pray, not to argue over theology, but we've already discussed in other right. episodes this season, we keep touching on this point that churches are fighting one another. Local churches, local assemblies are fighting one another, maybe not with fists out, but like theologically, intellectually, they're maybe snubbing or avoiding. Right other groups because of the differences. What's amazing is we say, well, how could anyone align? Well, when you pray together, 
in one, and I mean pray together like you're all in the same room kind of praying together. You're praying at the same time together amongst one another. The Holy Spirit works. You know, and in Acts 13, you see that. You see it in Acts 12, but I'll bring that up later. But in Acts 13, they're all praying together. And that's when they get the directive for Paul and Barnabas to go. And so Paul's first missionary journey was spearheaded by communal prayer. And we could say, well, it could have also happened if just one person was praying. Absolutely. But God chose to show the impact and importance of community prayer. Mm. And so we see these over and over in Acts when we start learning what the early church was like. We see that. And so maybe some of the differences we would experience, um, the different interpretations of how to conquer and, and tackle certain issues could be alleviated and unified if we prayed together, humbled all of ourselves and waited for the Lord to put something on our hearts that aligns us with our brothers and sisters in another building. Right. You know, uh, so today we're actually sitting in church <laughs> and we're talking about this exact same thing Yes, about prayer. And we're talking about Peter and prayer. It's Acts chapter 12. Yeah. That and, was, yeah. 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 Right. And it's, yeah, exactly. it's, it's really cool that like as, as Peter's sitting there now, look, the people think he's going to die. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. That was the purpose of putting him in prison. Mm-hmm. Now. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Does Peter eventually die? Well, yeah. And how does he die? As a martyr. As a martyr. Right. So but this is the time, right. like, this is those times, right? Where it's like. In this time, this the, the not, church, this was right. not the time. Right. But you know what's cool about that is in verse number five, it says Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And then we get the shake up and all the things. The next mm-hmm. thing you know, that dude's being let out. He thinks this is a vision. He's like, oh. An angel smacking right, him. Wake right, up. Wake up. And he's like, next thing you know, he's standing outside. He's like, wait, this isn't a vision. This is like for real. Yeah. So, it, but see, but here's the deal. People were praying for him. People had come together to pray for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I love our Thursday nights. It's not always been the easiest thing, but I, you know, I go into this though. When I pray, I'm not always sitting there saying, what should I pray for next? In my head, I'm not thinking, I'm like, Lord, what, what do you want me? What, what, what do you want me to pray for? Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting how I do that. I don't know how that works out for everybody else, yeah. but there's things that we see. We see the news and then something's laid on your heart. You see something in the news and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, those children or, oh my gosh, those people or, oh my gosh, that situation. And it's like, just call out to God in prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, it shows a couple of different things. First, number one, it does. It shows we're abiding. Mm-hmm. Number two, it shows that we're having obedience. Mm-hmm. Like we're having this obedience to be prayerful for other people. Right. We're having this heart to want to pray for people. Right. It's amazing the alignment that happens when we are in prayer. Corporate prayer really brings it together because now we're standing in agreement with these yes. prayers. And if you believe that the people around you who are praying and we're praying corporately and we're bringing these things out are being guided by the spirit to pray for these things, then we're just joining in together with what God wants. Yes. And it's amazing how that starts to lift people, build people, edify people, encourage people. Um, I know that sometimes people are like, wait, you're praying in public. Oh my gosh, I see it sometimes. And they're like, someone will write up a prayer and people were beating them up online that they wrote a prayer. And I'm like, look, they're just praying. Mm-hmm. Well, is it any different that they sat there for a moment and said, hey, God, I want to pray for this person and just write out the prayer? Right. It's no different because we need to pray. Yeah, it's it comes from that one verse that says, don't just be praying like the right. Pharisees on the corner for accolades and for everyone to think, oh, how holy you are. Right. And the whole point of so many of these do not and don't be like scriptures, the whole point is don't let your heart, your posture, your reason, your your incentive be the same. Like don't align with the Pharisees in why they do things. It's 
the intention, the reason, and the direction behind it. And of course, there's some things that never fall into that category, but prayer is one of those things where you need to understand it's a heart posture of if I want to let this person know I'm in accord with them, I might feel led to type out the prayer that might prompt other people to agree with that specific prayer. And that's, that's another important thing when you're praying together, like you said, you're not always wondering, you know, what should you pray next? You're asking for me at our Thursday night prayer services, you know, sometimes because I pray faster in my mind than I do out loud. And so I might run through many things that are laid on my heart very quickly. And then I'm listening to what someone else is asking for prayer. And and I'm agreeing with those things and audibly saying amen or yes helps the people in the room feel less alone. There's a lot of surveys on prayer that have been done since the early 2000s up until 2020. And the most common thing to pray for on all of the different surveys I looked at was for, you know, thanks and gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. And then second was, you know, the needs of you and your immediate friends and family. And then after that, it kind of trickles down into all the other things that you can imagine are being prayed for. But when you start going to a community prayer, suddenly the prayers for people you don't know, maybe someone else in the circle knows them. Or maybe someone in the circle knows someone who knows someone that, you know, that. It, but you're starting to expand and you're starting to hear the needs of people that you may never meet on this side of heaven. And you are starting to care and invest and you're starting mm-hmm. to widen. And I know even one thing I do is like, you know, I run through the ones that I know of. Right. But then I'm like, OK, we've prayed for this. week. What haven't we prayed for? Right. And it kind of like. You're in a confined and not in a negative sense. You're in a you're in a box. And now you can think outside the box because there was a box and everything that people prayed for so far is in the box. And you're like, okay, what hasn't been put in the box yet? Mm. And it gives it it actually kind of sparks you to search for who else do I want to invite God into their lives, their situations? Who am I not thinking of yet? And you're asking the Lord to kind of lead you into Mm. these things. I I like that. And I, I really do, because I think that it solidifies our relationship. Right. Um, and watch, just because there's numbers in prayer doesn't mean prayer comes true. Um, we have to look at that too. We have to also say like, we don't want to get caught in that, that, that idea that the more people I have praying for me, the better. I, I really like what you were saying because you were saying that it opens our eyes and our awareness mm-hmm. to the needs of others. And when you really start looking at the Bible, you start looking at the gospel, you start looking at what Jesus did. It was always about the others. Um, you know, it was always a selflessness. It was always a served, a servant's act. Mm-hmm. And, and so when I start to pray, when I start thinking, and I'm not, and it's not like a comparison, but it's like, I, but the focus shifts from me, 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 my favorite, my, 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 mind from Nemo, my, 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 or me, 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 me. It's like, it's, but it shifts from me and it really goes out and, and, and my heart and my mind, a desire goes out for others and it really solidifies the love that we should have. Yeah. It's amazing what prayer does. It's it's so powerful in the sense of also that we, again, we don't fight flesh and blood. Therefore, we have to take this into the atmosphere of battle. The, the, okay, I don't suit up in armor every day, like physically go to my closet and throw on a bunch of armor, you know, and right. call it the armor of God. No, I'm, but it's the word of God. Mm-hmm. It's It's throwing on what he is telling us, how he is guiding us, how he is moving us. 
And that is what's driving us into our prayers, into our prayer life. Uh, and we need that. Just like in an individual, it's like if you start praying for if you if you start praying for what's going wrong, when it starts going wrong, you're already in trouble. Right. The church is the same way. Right. Uh, vision, direction, um, where we're going to go as a congregation. I mean, this is the body of Christ. These are the brothers and sisters that we solidify our lives with every day that we trust in and believe in and, and, and go through life together with. And when we start to speak and talk to God in concern for others and what they're going through, I'm telling you, it's a position of love. I remember, um, I was supposed to go to Africa last year or this year, this, this year. year, this year. And, uh, Two weeks out, they changed some some entry requirements, and of course, I'm not whatever. I'm oblivious, and I'll get to New York, and I get rejected, um, and I can't go, and I end up on a bus coming back home. But anyways, the church in Africa, the church that I love, people that I love, a pastor that I just adore, like I just like that's my best friend. <laughs> anyways, Pastor Jackson, what's up? Anyways, uh, they had put a prayer group together to pray for my trip. Like that was, that was the goal. And they would meet two to three times a week and just be prayerful because there was a lot of things that we had planned. There was a lot of events that we had planned, a lot of like, just a lot of things that we thought were going to happen. And so we wanted to make sure that we were following the Holy Spirit so that my trip was being prayed for, but you know, what, what we were going to do, all the functions and all of yeah. the, whatever, just the whole thing. Man, there was baptisms and all kinds of stuff. You were going to do practically was... absolutely everything <coughs> a pastor does was... while you were there. But here's what happens. It got shut down. Right. Uh, but this is what was cool about that. Was there heartache? Yes. Were people sitting there like, ah. Oh, but we were just like, we were so fervent and, and faithful in prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know what else we learned through all of that? That God's purpose is what stands. Man will, you know, like establish his steps, mm-hmm. but it's God or no God who establishes the steps. Mm-hmm. It's man who will, who will plan his path, but it's God who establishes the steps. Yes. And uh, I learned something and they learned something from yes. that. That you know what? There was a purpose. Yes. And there is a purpose. And it still gives us the encouragement. We might not have gotten what we wanted, but God definitely got what he wanted. Um, there's a lot of reinforcement. There's a lot of accountability that comes with it. There's a lot of encouragement and growth that can come when you hear others pray. You hear what they're praying for. You feel you feel accountability. Um, I don't want to confuse accountability with guilt. You shouldn't feel guilt um, because that's something that we've been delivered out of. And it's something that, you know believers desire to be in agreement on good things that are coming out of prayer requests. But another, cause I did a lot of survey cause I want to get the pulse of what believers see prayer to be and what their experience is it um, with it is. And one of them is that millennials are two times less likely to actually pray when someone says, can you pray for me? Mm. Now I'm a millennial, right? And I'm not going to say that's because we're less spiritual. What I am going to say is that we are very busy. So elders are more likely, they're the most likely group. But what happens when a millennial starts coming to a group prayer? Mm. Now we have set aside, we've carved out time to go to this group prayer and now our mind and all the little schemas in our head that associate with prayer, they're, they're firing off when we 
sit down and start to pray. And so all those prayer requests you maybe haven't gotten to yet, they start coming back during this dedicated prayer time. And because it's with other people at a set time, you can kind of more likely guarantee it's going to happen. You're less likely to come up with an excuse, something, you know, unexpected is less likely to come and interrupt it versus when you're in your house and anything can be happening anytime. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to pray for 20 minutes and your kid's knocking on the door or, you know, something goes wrong. Like, you know, someone's coming to visit. You forgot this. Someone comes into the room asking for this dedicated prayer time. So important when, you, when you're all together. Our church didn't always meet in a building. It met in a school for almost a decade. And one day, shout out to David, one of our mini Davids, got like four Davids at one time, but at one time we had too many, uh, but he came up and he's like, we are going to start praying. But th- now we live in a rich area, y'all. Okay. So he's like, we're going to start praying for $3 million to get a church building where we can do ministry all week long, which we have now done, right? We're right. doing ministry all week long in this building. But, um, at the time, $3 million, like that's a big number. And we live in one of the richest counties in the country. One of the most expensive areas to live in the county. A lot of our members drive from cheaper areas in the state to our church because they get like ousted out the county because of prices. That was the first time. Now this was a group prayer. We did it right there. That's the first time this lady from a local neighborhood had visited our church. She pulls our pastor aside at the end of service and says, Hey, I know a building that might work for you guys. Because a lot of the big church buildings are huge in our area. Like most places, they're just big. Right. And they're more than $3 million to buy anyway. Um, and she's like, Hey, there's one that they haven't been using it for years and years. Um, you know, I can put you in contact long story short, we end up getting the building. This is the cool thing. So we prayed for a three mil, three million dollars to buy a church building. And in the end, we got a church that is valued at three million dollars. And we got it for a third of that price because of the relationships that were built between two different denominations. Um, as we did, as we negotiated like under that a third. <laughs> under a third, actually, right? Cause it's three point yeah. something. So yeah, yeah, under a third. Um, and this vision, we were continuously praying. Yeah. We were, we were doing the way we know how, like raising money with yard sales and little bake sales and stuff like that, but like 3 million guys. And God was like working in that and his definition of success Aligned with ours in one way, but the route to get there was a whole different way. Right. But because we continuously prayed and we're looking at it, it was able to come to fruition. And when we were, we were also like meeting together. Uh, we didn't even own the building. Talks had just started mm-hmm. and we started meeting. I know the men went over there and we took other people over there and we would stand outside of this building mm-hmm. and pray, Lord, if this is your will, then you'll make, you'll make this so sweet that like we could actually pull this like that we couldn't pull it off but right. god could right. you know and and that's what happened uh i i really like that this is how we we can pray um we sometimes we sit there and undercut ourselves i think sometimes we sit there and we pray for the things that we can accomplish on our own right and it's like oh okay check that out okay god answer prayer but man it's those impossible prayers yeah. it's those prayers like honestly we should not have been put into that building but you know what? The brethren wanted somebody to be in that building that represented Christ, that loved Christ, that was, you know, in, in that was dedicated to sharing Christ to the neighborhood and, you know, around yeah. the around the area. 
And two different churches, though. Like, brethren compared to Arnandanam is, like, completely different in yeah. the makeup, but in the mission. Right. And the they same. were praying on their side yeah. as well. Yeah. And that just shows God working and being like, yeah, I get it. You you worship different. Yeah. But I'm the one you're worshiping and, and, put, and orchestrating things. And what it all boils down to, they didn't want to sell it off to somebody. Watch this. Our neighborhood over there is not even like super religious at all. And and they were even in some way, not praying necessarily God, but praying that that building would not sell to a developer. They were hoping, blowing out birthday, (laughs) making birthday candle wishes, hoping that that their quaint little neighborhood was not going to be be disrupted with some big mega town home extravaganza. But you know what? God heard us. Yeah. And God made a way. Right. Um, pray without ceasing, right? Mm-hmm. I, I really think that that's important. I think that, you know, it's not, and, and actually I'm about to give an example, like Michelle said, historically, of a group of people who prayed without ceasing. Um, was it one person praying without ceasing all that? No, it was a group of people that were praying without ce- ceasing. Um, when we look at the Moravian church, uh, we look at a church that was built off oppression. We look at a church that came from from that came from the pits of oppression. Really, it was. Um, it's the Czech area that comes from the Czech Republic area. Yeah. Um, it would be what I th- oh gosh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it was the the Bohemians. I think it was yeah. the Bohemians. Um, but the Bohemians, and that's where it starts. And I, now it's going to run through this whole long thing, which I was like, ah, ah, ah. but I think it's important to understand too, the yes. history behind this, yes. that, you know, the Catholics came in, they didn't like the way the Catholics were, the Catholics were immoral. And so this people started to stand up against the Catholics. And then all of a sudden the Catholics bring oppression and they start to, to go against them. And this guy Hussein, you know, it just all starts there, the Hussainites and all these things. Yeah. But eventually what it leads into is this, is this, is this break off and a break off and a break off. Well, Catholics, and that came in through the Crusades and tried to take them over. And they never succeeded. Now, eventually the Catholics would succeed and they'd get rid of the Protestant schools, the Protestant, you know, worship and all these things and everybody had to go underground. Why do I even care about that? Why do I? Because watch this. When they started to come together, there was a group that broke off from all this and then became the Moravians. And they decided, 24 men and 24 women, that they would pray every hour of every day. So this group would just be in prayer. Yeah, they had shifts. Shifts. So it's like it wasn't 24 people, but they broke it down. There's 24 hours a day. There was a, a you know a man and a woman, or for each, or, hour. For each hour though it was covered. Mm-hmm. It was covered, and they prayed, and this went on for over a hundred years, a hundred years. But you know what's kind of cool out of this? You would think that they would be like, pray that we you know we get our homeland back, and pray that you know we get reestablished into into society and into whatever, so that we can be free and do what we want to do. No, they started praying for missions and they started and they became one of the biggest mission churches beginning. Yeah. Before before. the time of many other missionary journeys that are documented, they were already doing it. And it's because they had been in that communal prayer. Absolutely. And and it it was, it was cool how people came together. Mm -hmm. It was cool how they came together on this. Um, Starting from a population of 1727, within 65 years, they had sent 300 missionaries around the world, including to North and South America, Africa, Asia, the Caribbean, and the Arctic. They were the first to evangelize slaves. 
<laughs> These are some amazing things. It's like, this is back, y'all. Yeah. And, and, and think about this. When this all started, it was like 14, 15. Yeah. And we're all the way up to like 17, 27, right? Yeah. And, and, or actually 17, yeah, 17, 27. Watch this too. They were also a group of people that in the Caribbean, there was an island. Mm-hmm. I can't remember that. Puerto Rico, I think. I can't remember which one, but it's... But one of them. One of the Caribbean islands. It might be Haiti, actually. But it's one of those islands. And they had a slave owner. He would not let Christians come onto his island. He did not want anything to do with God, with Christ, any of that stuff. He didn't want any of his people being influenced by it. So what did the Moravians do? Two men, or I think it was two men, Mm -hmm. sold themselves into slavery. To be taken to that island, became slaves on that island so that they could evangelize the people. Right. Amazing. It wasn't about getting back at, or it wasn't about, it was about moving forward. Right. And and I think that that's important when we look at that history. And you know what's even cool about that is it led to some of the greatest names, like John Wesley. Yeah. So John Wesley is is on a boat and they're out in the middle of the ocean and it's, and it's getting tossed and turned and this and that. And the other thing, mass is all broken. Everybody's freaking out. Mm-hmm. Well, there were Moravians on this boat. Mm-hmm. And what were they doing? Praying. Mm-hmm. And that actually drove John Wesley. It planted the seed mm-hmm. and drove him into believing in Christ. That's the perfect example. So there's a group of people praying over here and that was impactful on another man who would go on to do such influential things for the Christian Mm. faith, right? So when we have, like bringing it back to our local assembly, even if you're like, oh man, like how could I ever orchestrate at our church a 24-hour prayer? I think that that's asking the wrong question. (laughs) The question is how can we increase prayer Mm. in our local assembly? And there's a lot of practical ways to do that, but think about the impact. For example, in our church, the people who attend prayer regularly, not everyone in our church goes on Thursday. However, the ones that do go over time, others who don't go know who goes. And there's a level of hope in that person. They might not have enough or a lot of faith in a certain situation, or they might have a lot, but they just think they need to be with others in it. They'll go pursue those people that go on Thursday. It gives them an extra route of hope. To, to go to that person and say, I know I can reach out. I know that there's an extra place to go. We've had people come for just a, a season at a time instead of mm. just nonstop forever because they're going through something. And we've had so many times where the faith of everyone is just encouraged because you hear the prayer and a few weeks, months, days later, sometimes even years later, but that prayer is answered in the mm. affirmative or it's answered. No, I've got something better or no, I've got something you know, like something, it's going to work out different, but you guys get to hear the testimony. And those kind of testimonies re-encourage all of us to be bolder in our faith, bolder in sharing our faith, bolder in what we ask God. And we align and we and we kind of mm. come together. And those kind of things are so impactful. Right. And one of the things in the going back to the surveys, because I learned so much. <laughs> one of the things I saw is that in middle and high school, people that were responded in this 2017 survey 49% of high school or younger uh, respondents prayed for personal guidance in crisis, right? College graduates, it goes down to 39%. So how important is it for us? Because especially if you're near a college, if you're in a college town and in your church is in a college town to offer group prayer because something's happening. I'm not going to read into it. I'm not going to pretend to know all the reasons why, 
But from the time people are in high school to the time they graduate college, they pray less for personal guidance in crisis. And if local churches, if local groups of believers, even outside the four church walls, have access, like have access to group prayer, whether it be, and, and here's the big, like, how can I do this? Okay. You can do it with WhatsApp groups. You can do it in a Facebook group. You can do it in a discord group, a telegram group. You can do it a phone tree where you all just call into a number once a week. You can do it on a zoom call once a week. You can do it in your house once a week. You can do it in your house once a month. You can ask the church to open the door and give you a, a key for a certain day or night of the week. There's a lot that can be done, even if it doesn't become a part of the official schedule yet. I can guarantee from all of the stories I've heard of pastors who decided to implement some kind of prayer, they saw their churches grow. They saw more miracles happen. Miracle, like just ways where there were no ways because he, he's waiting for us to come together. He's waiting for us to obey in this area to unlock what this little pasture of obedience opens up. So when I saw that, it just made my heart fall a little because mm. I was like, wow, they're going out on their own and their prayer life decreases. Mm. So what does that say about when we go off on our own praying? Mm. Right? Like we're looking at, oh, what's college? Doing? Well, no, what is being alone doing? Right. And that's why it's so important. They're the, um, there's a verse in Romans 15, 30 through 33. It says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the spirit to join me in my struggle mm. by praying to God yeah. for me. Pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea and that the contribution I take to Jerusalem may be favorably received by the Lord's people there so that I may come to you with joy by God's will and in your company be refreshed. Mm. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. Amen. So when you're praying, when you have an opportunity to pray, you're joining them in their struggle. Right. You're becoming one accord. You're working as a body because let me tell you, when your lungs are failing, your whole body's in trouble, not just your lungs. When your blood's messed up, your whole body's in trouble, not just your blood. You don't just need a blood specialist. You need a body specialist. Mm. Right? If your eyesight's going, it's not just your eyes. There's something wrong in the whole system. And so this is us coming together as a body. Mm, I like that. I like that. Yeah. It's good stuff. Mm -hmm. It's really good stuff. Makes, makes you think. Yes. It makes you think. Yes. It really, it really does put you into another, another aspect of how you approach this battle. Right. Um, this is a battle. Mm -hmm. This is a war. Mm -hmm. Um, Number one, remember we're victorious, mm -hmm. but we're going to have to experience things that are in the flesh. Right. We're going to have to experience things that we go through as not just individuals, but as a corporate body. Mm -hmm. The pain, the heartache, the praises, the joys. Mm -hmm. um, it's a, it's, it, I, I will never understand the one who says, I don't need a church. Right. I will never understand that. I, email me, write me. I don't know, but maybe it's the wrong church. Maybe you don't have a church in your area. I don't know. Um, maybe you're too closed down to be in the corporate body or with the, with the body of believers, but I can't do this alone. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I would do it. Like just on my own. I have my family. I got a beautiful wife that sits next to me that loves the Lord. I've got a beautiful child who we're trying to raise up to be a prayer warrior too. Praise God on Thursday night. I just shout out to my little girl. She <laughs> sends up a prayer request. She's all in. Okay, y'all. Let me just tell you what, what, what the body of Christ does. Yeah. I'm like, can I share this? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. 
before church on Thursday, we've never had this problem before. She's usually, let's get in the car, let's go, let's go, you know, I want to go. Now, let me tell you something. She is the only young child there on a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. She is three and a half years old and she sits up front with, with mommy who his daddy does what daddy has to do on a Thursday night. And, you know, we bring her in there, but she wanted it. She, she First of all, it she was her choice. She started asking to she come. She wanted to go. Well, this was the first time ever that we sat there and she was like, ah, I started throwing that fit. Like, I want to go. Ah, I want to stay home with mama. Well, we're not breaking. We're not conceding. We're going to church. We get to church and she's a whole other kid. All of a sudden it's like on fire. All people start coming in. Everybody loving. She's loving on people. She loves everybody. And then all of a sudden she's just in it. She's in the sermon. She's listening to pastor be preached. She's sitting there like acting like she's taking notes on her little thing. Those <laughs> notes you can't read them, y'all. They between her and God. But she was like looking up at him. And, and then she looked down and scribble, scribble. And then she look up at him. Go back down to scribble, scribble. And let me just say, she's not copying mommy because I don't take notes like that. So she just right. came to this conclusion on her own. And so, and so we're sitting the next thing you know, she wants prayer requests. She wants, you know, all she of these She had things. me write her first yeah. set and then she asked to write the second set. So she hand delivered them. And what, what did she say? She wanted a better. She said, she's prayed for the prayer life of the church. Yes. She prayed for better prayer life of the church. And she prayed for people that it surprised me. She remembered, but they've been prayed for at church services yeah. before. And she brought them all back up. And it shows us like. If we never demonstrated prayer, mm-hmm. then how would we raise the next generation? Mm-hmm. You see, if we're not praying at home, if we're not, you know, like, oh, I'm just going to go hide in my closet and pray. But no, we pray with our daughter. And then our daughter gets to see us pray with the other body, you know, believers in the body, right? And it's amazing to see the growth and, and how this starts to imprint itself as an important thing because it is. Right. It is. Th- think about this as we close this out, right? Think about this. In Ephesians 6, when it's sitting there talking about the armor, listen to this. This is the spiritual warfare that we're going through. And it's important because this does play right into prayer. It has all of these cool things. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, right? <laughs> they said the wow. devil. The wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, Right? Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. But listen to this. It sums it all up in one little package. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. We're supposed to pray. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to come together corporately and pray. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that. Let's get our churches. Look, if your church doesn't have that prayer group or doesn't have that, maybe it's time to start one. Mm-hmm. Um, ours went from a prayer group of 20 or five it started tiny, got <laughs> ballooned up a few times. And then it became a prayer service. Yeah. But, but uh, prayer helps. Prayer helps. In fact, look, maybe that's what your calling is. Maybe your calling is to be a prayer warrior. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's always looking for something to do. <laughs> right? Everybody's always like, well, I don't know. What, what, what's my calling? Well, look, maybe. Maybe that's what God has called you to do. Now, that doesn't always mean in corporate. I get that. Mm-hmm. That could mean you're just at home praying. 
But let me tell you something, when you get involved in corporate prayer, you start to hear the necessity and the prayers that the church needs, and then you can be prayerful too. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so remember, you can start in all these different ways. You can start a prayer journal, fold a piece of paper in half, write the prayer on one side, and keep it, and when it gets answered in some way, write it on the other side. That's one thing. It's important with your kids yeah. to remind them of the answered prayers that have happened mm-hmm. in your family. Amen. You know? So do something today, and we're praying for y'all. So remember the pantrypodcast.com to get all the verses that we've listed here today, as well as patreon.com slash the pantry podcast to help support this show and everything that we're doing on this end. So until next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. Subscribe wherever you podcast and catch other great shows on the Edify app, Spark Radio, Spark Network on Uplifted and Eternity Ready Radio.